Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is a naturopath and holistic health expert who helps families thrive. She's a mother of two, so she totally gets what it takes to raise healthy kids. She is passionate about educating parents on how to nourish their children with real food and boost their health and heal their health issues naturally. To do this, she draws upon her extensive naturopathic knowledge and delivers it with a down-to-earth approach, sprinkled with a touch of empathy because she's lovely. She made it her mission to empower women to be able to look after themselves and take charge of their family's well-being. And with kids going back to school all over this country in a couple of weeks, I thought I'd bring her in today to hopefully inspire you. Please welcome to the show, Jessica Donovan from Energetic Mama. Woohoo! Hello. Hello, Jules. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Yay. So, Jess, tell me why you're so passionate about helping mums raise healthier kids. Where did it all start for you? Because I know most people in this sort of profession have quite the backstory. Yeah, so I guess I I mean I became a naturopath quite young. Like I was the I was the youngest person in my in my naturopathic college. It was before even unis were um offering naturopathy. So I was, you know, straight out of high school, studied naturopathy. Um and from where from the moment I became naturopath, I always did love working with kids, although I didn't see a lot of kids um before I had kids of my own. So I guess it, like my passion in kids' health really started when I had kids of my own. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> um, which which was nine years ago. Um, so I guess becoming a mother made me made me truly realise how how precious kids are um, and how many health challenges they face because of the diet and the lifestyle that we have these days. Um, 
And then because I was a mum myself and I was hanging out in, in you know, mum circles, baby groups and play groups and mother's groups, um, when, I, when I started back in practice after having kids of my own, um, they were the sort of people that were coming to see me. So lots of mums were coming to see me in my naturopathic clinic and they were bringing their kids along as well. And I think you'll probably um, understand this, Jules, that when you get good results in a certain area as a naturopath, um, all of a sudden your clinic is inundated with people with those same health issues. Um, so, you know, I started getting good results with, with kids with eczema. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden I had a, a um, calendar full of, of kids with eczema coming to see me. Um, <laughs> and also things like digestive issues, behavioural issues, um, in kids as well. So that led me to do more and more research in that area, um, get more and more experience in that, in that area. Um, and about three years ago, I decided I wanted to reach more, more mums and kids than I could in my, in my clinic. So I developed my, my, um, website and my blog, um, started developing online programs, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I often say that uh, in practice, so so many practitioners, their clients are like a mirror, aren't they? So whatever you've had going on with your own kids, I suspect they're the sorts of people that would start showing up in your clinic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I've found that um, throughout, you know, my practice. Um, I, I initially got into naturopathy because of um, my own hormonal issues. I think most naturopaths, you know, start start down the naturopathic route because of their own health conditions, don't they? So yeah, that that's definitely true. Although my kids, my kids had never um, had eczema or anything like that. So I, um, yeah, that, I guess it wasn't true in that instance, but I've definitely um, experienced that before. So with the two children you've got of your own, tell, tell me all about them. Tell me about the fears, the challenges, some of the triumphs that you've faced as a mum, uh, because I know you've always wanted the best of, of health for your babies. Yeah, definitely. Oh gosh, where where do I start? Fears, challenges, triumphs as a mum. Yeah, so, I think there yeah, we've got all day, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have two kids. I've got a nine year old boy, he's just turned nine, going on fifteen, Jasper, and um mm-hmm. Summer who is is six. And so I guess if I go right back to the start, you know, I was there as a naturopath, I was I was already a naturopath when I had my kids, so I was really keen to have, you know, a natural birth and, um, you know, go down the, the, the alternative route when it came to um, parenting and the health of my kids and that sort of thing. So um, I had some challenges early on with my first baby. Luckily, I had a really supportive a midwife um, because, you know, I was so focused on this natural birth that I hadn't really thought past that. I hadn't, you know, I just thought, had this, had this idea that breastfeeding would come really easily and, um, and that sort of thing. But I, you know, I had, I did, I did have this, this natural long, um, birth with my first, um, and then my milk didn't come in for five days. Um, and he was a big baby. And so there was all this pressure, you know, to, to put him onto formula. And of course, you know, as a naturopath, I was not keen on that idea. Um, so that's why I say it was l- lucky I had this amazing supportive midwife because she just, um, you know, kept kept encouraging me to stick with it. You know, I had these blistered nipples and I had to keep putting him on every hour to try and get my milk to oh, come. No. It was, 
oh, it was a really challenging time. But on the uh, on the five day mark, you know, he was screaming for um, three days and nights, and um, I did I didn't um, give him any any formula. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, I was inundated. He was inundated with all this milk, you know, almost drowning. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have all the milk, all the milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was a really challenging, like, first few days that I had, um, you know, the first few days as, as a mother. But we got through that. Um, and then my second baby, she was she was 10 days overdue. So there was all this pressure for for me to be induced by the doctors I had the same amazing midwife though so she she sort of bought me time and um and let me go on obviously with the you know the right checks keep, keep kept on checking that that baby was okay um and I did you know acupuncture and all of this stuff to get to get my um to get the labor started and I ended up having the most amazing natural water birth with her um with no intervention at all so that that was great too but I guess it's this you know, when you want to take a different path than what is mainstream, it you know, there, there's definitely all these pressures. You know, I chose not to give them um, the the Hep B immunization at birth, and I chose to you know avoid Panadol as much as I could, and I chose not to give them antibiotics when they had um, you know infections and all those things that that as you know typically us naturopaths do but there was still all the all this sort of you know pressure from from um well you know family friends mainstream medicine to to go down you know to do the mainstream thing so i guess um you know th- that's been a challenge all along the way um i've been really lucky i mean my kids are really both robust um, and I say lucky, I think luck is part of it, but also, you know, they've, they've had a really good, happy start to life. Um, and, you know, I've been really focused on their nutrition from, from early on. Um, so, you know, that definitely helps. So that, but you know, they, they eat really well, my kids, they have the odd fussy moment, but, um, on the whole, they eat really well and they bounce back really quickly when they get sick as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested that you said no Panadol because, like, a, a lot of the what should you give babies debate often revolves around vaccinations and that's mm-hmm. a majorly contentious issue in, in you know, both naturopathic and, and scientific circles, right? But what's with the Panadol? What's with the Panadol? So I'll just, you know, I'll... Um... I'm not totally against Panadol and I have given my kids Panadol on the odd occasion, but I think, you know, my view around that is that when, you know, there's so many mums out there that as soon as they their, their kids have a little bit of a fever or they're a little bit, you know, restless or um, unsettled, they'll, you know, reach for the Panadol because it will, you know, get, get their temperature down a little bit and um, get rid of their pain and that sort of thing. But uh, a lot of a lot of parents don't realise that fever, you know, has it, it, it's healing. You know, it has its place. It's um, you know, it's the body's response to infection, and it actually helps the the body get over the infection. So, if we're um, if we're giving them Panadol to bring down the fever all the time, even when it's just slightly elevated, um, then you know that that can be that that can make the infection sort of more long lasting. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. so I, I love that because uh, you know, as, as a naturopath, like people sometimes reach for these sorts of things to give them the short term relief. But what they're doing is they're 
drawing out how long you're going to be sick for. So it's it's like, okay, are you do are you going to have a fever but be sick for a shorter amount of time, or are you going to have you know knock that fever on the head but be sicker for longer? So yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's, I think yeah, it's a different way of looking at things, isn't it? It is. It definitely is. And it's the same sort of thing with antibiotics as well. You know, I think, you know, we, we get scared as parents, you know, we want to do, we don't want our kids ever to be in danger. So we want to kill the infection or get rid of the, um, the fever. But like you said, it does more sort of, um, you know, damage than good in the, in the long term. Like if we, if we're always giving our kids antibiotics as soon as they've got an infection, they're, their immune system kind of learns that something's going to come and, and get rid of that infection for them. So it kind of gets lazy. Yeah. And you find those kids that are on antibiotics all the time, you know, the next in, it gets rid of the infection, but then the, they get another infection because their immune system becomes, becomes lazy. Um, you know, a very simplified way of putting it, but yeah, it's the, it's all of these things that are so, um, so common these days that people don't realize, you know, or they don't think twice about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to, to speak with another naturopath who, who has a foot on, you know, in either camp as well. So that it's like, okay, yes, we're not saying go without your antibiotics a hundred percent or never, ever have Panadol. It's like, yeah, you can have that stuff there for when you really, really need it, but it doesn't need to be the first thing that you reach for there. Like Panadol is great if someone's in danger of having convulsions because their fever is like skyrocketing or antibiotic, exactly. antibiotics are great if you're really, really sick and you've got, a, you've got an infection that nothing else will touch. Like that, that stuff's going to save lives. But all we're saying is that it doesn't need to be the very first thing that people think of, does it? No. And it's, you know, it's that whole approach of, um, of, of not supporting the body. Whereas natural medicines like nutritional medicines and herbal medicines that you can give to kids can help sort of support the immune system to kill the infection as opposed to just killing the infection, if that makes sense, if we're talking about antibiotics. So yeah, I agree. Like there's definitely, I mean, you know, antibiotics have saved a lot of lives and Thank God we've got Panadol when the the temperatures get up to those that, those really scary high points. But yeah, like you said, they shouldn't be the first thing that we reach for. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to know what you think about some other uh, childhood sort of illnesses and issues as well, because I've been to your website and I was taken aback by some of the statistics that you've got on there about the increase in certain childhood illnesses. So I'm just going to read a couple out because. They're, they're pretty full on, so yeah, brace yourselves, listeners. Um, allergies are up 400% over the last 20 years. ADHD, 400% increase over 20 years. Asthma, 300%. Autism, 1,500%. Jess, what the hell is going on? I know. isn't uh, Those stats are just crazy, aren't they? They come from um, a book called Healing Childhood Epidemics by... Um, an integrative um, doctor called Dr. Ken Bock. He's got some really um, amazing information. So they're from the States, those, um, those stats. But, you know, they give us a really, a really good idea of sort of what, what's going on. So um, it's, yeah, I, I think the, the thing these days is that it's, the, it's these chronic multifactorial conditions that are, that are rising in our kids. So, you know, we don't have as, as much of a threat from those really, um, 
you know, scary uh, infectious diseases like that we might have, you know, 100 years ago, like smallpox and that sort of thing. You know, modern medicine and also just general hygiene practices have gone a long way to help um, help to reduce those kinds of, of um, dangers for our kids. But it's these chronic conditions that, like I said, they're multifactorial. So there's no one single cause, which makes them really complicated to treat. Um, so... It, but what I guess what is clear um, is that the epidemic in these childhood health conditions, these ones that you've just mentioned, has coincided clearly with two things. And those two things are um, the decline of proper nutrition for kids. So these days our kids have got access to more food than they've ever had before, as, you know, as us as, par- as, as um, adults do, but they're getting much less nutrition um, from that food. And that's because much of it's processed. You know, kids are just eating the wrong types of foods that don't have enough nutrition um, in them. And the second thing is the increased toxins in the environment. And so toxins come from everywhere. You know, they're in the they're um, in the foods that we eat. Um, you know, pesticides and food additives. They're in the air that we breathe. There's industrial toxins. There's toxins in our home environments. Um, you know, kids that are on medications, cleaning products, lotions, potions, and their exposure to these toxins starts really early. You know, it starts as, as um, in, in mum's tummy. It starts in utero. You know, the toxins that are circulating in mum's body um, filter on through to, to, you know, the very early stages of a baby. So they're the things that... Um, are contributing to this ridiculous um, increase in these sorts of chronic conditions in our kids. Yeah, and look, some of these toxins uh, that kids are exposed to, like you can't you can't do anything about. Like, so there's you know there's air pollution, there's you know there's pesticides floating around. Even if you eat organic, you're going to be exposed to some things. And you know, again, you can filter your water, but there's you know you're still going to be exposed to some chemicals, etc. Um, but there's a lot of toxins that we can control, uh, isn't there? Like, talk to me about things like antibacterial solutions. What's what's your opinion on the use of all the sprays, the wipes, the hand sanitizers, the the, the floor cleaners? Like, what what's going on in people's homes right now? Oh gosh, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because we do like it can be overwhelming as parents because there are a lot of things we don't have control over. But what we do have to focus on are the things that we do have control over. You know, it's a, it, there are a lot of things that we can control. So it's probably not surprising that I am not a fan at all of these antibacterial products, sprays, wipes, hand sanitizers. You know, they use they use them at schools. Um, so even if we're not using them in homes, you know, it, it's that. You know, it, it's um, keeping an eye on what's going on at schools and at kindies and childcare. Um, it, they're just the norm these days. And so I guess, you know, there, there's chemicals in these products that make them antibacterial, um, which can be damaging. And the very fact that they're antibacterial, so they kill bacteria, my main concern with them is the effect that they have on our gut health. So um, we all have you know, good bacteria within our gut that has so many um, benefits to our overall health. And if we're, if our kids are using these or exposed to these antibacterial products all the time, then that's going to be affecting their good, their good gut bacteria, which is, you know, has, has a big part to play in their overall health. 
Uh, so that that's a big concern. And also, um, I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard of the hygiene hypothesis, which basically says that lack of exposure to, to microbes um, increases the risk of allergies and also, also autoimmune conditions, which as naturopaths, we're seeing, you know, a lot of as well. So Basically, you know, if we're if we're overcleaning, our kids aren't exposed to these really important um, germs in nature that help to build up their immunity um, and also help to balance their immunity. And that's part of the reason that we're seeing so many more, um, you know, incidences of allergies and autoimmune conditions these days. Yeah. And do you think it's connected with autism as well? I know autism is such an emotive topic um, and there's people out there who say it can be managed really well with things like diets and supplements. Um, that 1,500% rise that we spoke about before, that that does my head in. Like it seems to mm. be like the biggest thing that's happening with, with kids at the moment in terms of increasing, you know, increase of childhood illnesses. There's, look, there's people out there who are even claiming to be able to cure it, which is hugely controversial. What What are your thoughts around all of this? Yeah, so autism is a big one. And I think that the, the stats, like, and people are probably thinking as well that, you know, some of that has got to do with, um, you know, better diagnostic um like procedures these days so that definitely has a part to play but there's not there's no denying that autism is on the rise like you're probably I don't know maybe maybe around the same age as me Joel yeah I'm 40 40 (laughs) (laughs) yeah similar similar to me I'm 38 so if you think back to when we were at school you know there really wasn't much autism around at all you know maybe one one child in the whole school, I, I remember that yep. um, that w- was um, autistic. Yep. And these days, you know, like when I look at my kids' school, you know, there's a couple of a couple of kids in every class that are that are um, on the spectrum somewhere at least. Um, so it's huge that the increase, and it, it, there's no simple answer um, when it comes to autism. There's so many factors that um, are involved in autism. You know, there's genetics, there's gut health, there's toxicity is a big one, particularly heavy metals, um, and diet plays a part as well. So what I have seen, though, in terms of um, autism, what I've seen work in clinic is um, improving gut health in kids with autism, improving the detox pathways. Um, People that are diagnosed with autism tend not to be able to detoxify toxins and heavy metals so when we're when we're thinking about those hygiene you know sprays um you know it's something that needs to be um detoxified in the body so yeah it's all about reducing the load on um on the person so reducing the amount of chemicals and toxins they're exposed to um and and diet makes a huge difference as well but diet can be a tricky one with with um autism because often these kids are really really fussy so you need to make changes really slowly yeah yeah we'll we'll get on to that in just a second but I just want to quickly ask you um do you think we should be testing for heavy metals then with kids yeah I think um like it's I'm when it comes to testing I think we do I think it's a good idea but I think we need to be um mindful in terms of I think as naturopaths we tend to um, have this reputation and people get scared to come come to a naturopath because they know it's going to cost you know a a lot of money there's consults and there's supplements and there's tests 
So I think looking at each client individually is really important. Um, but yeah, heavy metal testing is um, something that can be really useful um, when it comes when it comes to um, autism. My approach generally is to start with you know start with the basics, start with improving gut health, improving those detox pathways, um, improving like the nutritional content of the of the diet. And then perhaps doing some testing later down the track if, if we're not getting the results that we want. Because often if we're improving those detox pathways, you know, we can help to, to get rid of those heavy metals anyway. Yeah, that's so true. That, that's really, yeah, it's good because I, I know a lot of mums who come to see me as well. I mean, you know, they, they might only be working part-time or they might not have gone back into the workforce yet. They might have a couple of kids and, you know, there, there's budgets to consider as well. So it's like, okay, mm. well, you know, you can't always just sink hundreds of dollars into testing, can you? No. And, uh, you know, often as uh, um, as naturopaths, we've got all this, li- you know, this big list of tests that we would love to, for them to get done. But, you know, it, costs, it can cost thousands of dollars. So, yeah, like I said, my approach is to start with those basics and then and then start testing down the line a little bit if um it, if I feel like it's needed. Yeah, nice, nice. Mm. So, talk to me about our standard Australian diet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what what do you, what do you think kids should and should not be eating? Oh well, you know, to put it very simply, I think kids should be eating less packaged food and more real whole foods. So um, we've been traveling for the last year around Australia, um, me, my husband and my family uh, and my kids in a caravan. And so it's been very interesting because, you know, at, when you're in your normal life at home, you kind of see, see um, you know, what your friends are eating and stuff, but you tend to be in circles that are sort of similar to you on the whole. But when we're eating in camp kitchens at caravan parks. Oh, my God. you get a bit of a range, wouldn't you, of, of oh different types God. of lifestyles? Yeah, you see, you know, and, and kids, you know, running around with, um, you know, cans of soft drink at 10 o'clock in the morning and that sort of thing. Oh, my God. But it has, it's really opened my eyes, actually. Um, so, yeah, on the whole, I think, you know, we need to focus on more more food with good nutrition in it which is you know food as close to nature as possible so uh, I guess my my approach is always to um to let mums know that there is sort of an in-between you know there's an in-between the the modern norm of um kids eating junk food and being on their ipads all day and then the other extreme of having feeling like you have to go on a strict paleo diet or vegan diet or you know, become a obsessive health nut to have healthy kids. Like, and that's really my my mission is to be to, to show people that there is an in between, and your kids can be healthy. Your family can be healthy without, you know, going to going to the extreme. So, um, I like to make it really easy and realistic for because you know mums are busy these days and dads are busy. Whoever's doing the cooking in the house. So, it's just about um, thinking about getting more natural food into the family's diet and not just the kids you know the, the whole family so more vegetables more salads more good quality protein in terms of you know eggs and um, grass-fed meats and fish and nuts and seeds um, and looking at the at the whole grains um, you know the grains and the cereals that the family's eating and perhaps making some switches over to, to more 
sort of whole grains, um, that that's where I would I would look at starting. And I think um, getting veggie like veggies and salads are the the most important thing to get into your kids, and it's the one thing that I guess kids resist the most. So. Um, not waiting until dinner time to serve the kids veggies, trying to get veggies in throughout the day and, you know, getting them in when they're motivated to eat. So after school is generally a really good time because kids are hungry. They're usually starving (laughs) and they come home and, you know, they fill up on bowls of cereal or sandwiches, you know, food that doesn't have a lot of nutritional content. So I always encourage the families that I work with to get a heap of fresh food in there because you know some some veggie sticks with some dip or some um cold rolls um you know or a bowl of veggie soup or you know some sort of vegetable content into your kids um at that after school time generally works quite well yeah nice nice do you let your kids eat gluten and dairy uh how about sugar too okay so yeah we we're not strictly gluten and dairy free as a family. Um, we we do eat a low gluten and dairy um diet though. So we eat a lot of paleo type meals for dinner. You know, it's generally protein with lots of veg and salad. Um, and you know, lunch boxes are generally that way as well. But we do have, you know, we do have some some bread. We do have some yogurt. Um, but we tend to to veer towards the you know, the low gluten um, or gluten-free sort of grain. So we'll go for like a spelt sourdough bread. Um, and at home we actually have a really great initiative. Um, there's a farm nearby that um, that we get raw milk from. Oh, so, great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know. We, we, we've, at, the way they get around it is that um, we buy shares in a cow, so it's our cow, <laughs> and, um, and then we get a, a, a share of milk delivered every week. So we haven't had that while we've been travelling, which we've really missed. But, um, yeah, we, we don't, we don't um, have, you know, huge amounts of dairy, but we, have, we do have quite a bit of yoghurt. And like I said, at home we have... Um, we, we get access to that raw milk, which is great. I love that. Shares in a cow. That's, that's yeah. priceless. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. And for, for people who aren't aware of, like, you know, the difference of raw milk. So, so in Australia, um, it's, it's, a leg, it's le- um, illegal to um, not pasteurise milk, so to sell raw milk. Um, and pasteurising, you know, means that the milk has been heated to really high temperatures. Um, which kills all the enzymes um, which help us to digest the milk. So having that milk that's raw that still has all of those um, lovely enzymes in it really helps you to digest the, the, um, the milk better. Yeah. I think there's a company somewhere now that's found a way to um, like a cold pasteurisation technique I think has just come out. Mm-hmm. Some, I might be in Victoria. We'll have to look into it. If I find it, I'll pop it in the show notes. But um yeah, yeah, with all the hoo-ha that was going on um, last year and the year before with raw milk, I think they've adopted some sort of new technology and got something mm-hmm. back out onto the market. I'll have to look into it. Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, I will add, like, there are times when we go, when we've uh, gone off dairy and gluten. Like, when we first left on this big trip away, my six-year-old um, was getting quite anxious um, and she was getting a lot of tummy tummy aches and um she'd go all quiet 
Yeah, and she's quite a, a sensitive kid. So um, we, you know, I, I put it down to just anxiety. It was every time we were moving on to a new place, which was quite often when you're travelling around the whole of Australia and India. Oh, bless. Um, I know, poor little darling. Um, so we, you know, part of what I did was take her off gluten and dairy because she was getting these tummy aches and her symptoms completely disappeared within a couple of weeks which was amazing um and then you know we've reintroduced gluten and dairy slowly but like I said we we stick to a a low gluten and and dairy diet yeah nice although that is like you have just created the perfect segue mate like congratulations you you win segue of the day because my next question was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I have a lot of clients uh, who, for various reasons, have to take their children off gluten or dairy for a period of time mm-hmm. in order to help them heal through something. But the parents' reaction is nearly always the same. They think it can't be done. They're like, <laughs> it's too hard. What will they eat? Uh, but that's all they eat. All they eat is yeah, gluten yeah. and dairy. What the hell am I going to do? They're so fussy. I don't know what else to give them. They won't eat their veggies. Um, you've you've heard it all before. What what do you yeah. say to these people? How do you help them? Yeah, so it can be really tricky, particularly if you know if if kids have got health issues, especially health issues that relate to their gut. They tend to be fussier. So uh, you know when our gut is unbalanced, it does lead to um, more more sort of fussy behaviours in kids which is quite interesting and you find that if you improve gut health then the the fussiness definitely is reduced um you know there's lots of other sort of you know behavioral techniques and things you can use as well but it can be really overwhelming for parents particularly you know if their kids live on cereal and sandwiches and you know milk and <laughs> that is really all they eat um so i you know it depends on the person and I agree like I take a lot of my clients off of gluten and dairy for various reasons as well Um, and it does need to be done to for for a lot of people to reduce the inflammation um, you know when it comes to certain health issues so you know sometimes it's better to it's best to it needs to be done slowly Um, and I think just making sure that like focusing on what they can eat as opposed to what they can't eat. So giving giving them tools and recipes and resources which that which are plentiful these days. You know, with the um, all the all the amazing blogs and um, recipe sites and stuff out there. So I think it yeah that I, I encourage my clients to focus on the you know putting together a bit of a plan in terms of what they can eat as opposed to focusing on all the things that they can't eat. And even in the supermarket these days, you know, not that I'm a big fan of the the gluten-free aisle of the of the supermarket because a lot of it is, you know, is a lot of rubbish, but some you you know, you can find some good alternatives there in terms of, you know, if the kid only eats pasta, then you can um, you know, find a gluten-free pasta that that they'll perhaps eat. Yeah. Yeah, I like mm. that. So transitioning rather than just like cutting it all off completely. Yeah, and the other thing I do encourage families to do is to all do it together because it's not really fair if, you know, one child has to make all these changes and everyone else is still eating their, you know, soft white bread sandwich that the, the, the child that can't eat it anymore loves. So I think it's really important to do it as a family. Yeah, and I totally agree because a lot of this poor gut stuff and food intolerances and stuff like that, it runs in families, right? So I can't even tell you how many times someone's got, you know, two or three kids, they come to me for 
you know, child number one and they say, you know, child number one's got tonsillitis and snot and whatever. And I'm like, okay, get off the gluten and the dairy. All right. So they, yeah. so the whole family does it. And then when I have the follow-up appointment, child number two has magically gotten rid of some other thing that, that we, that we hadn't even talked about. Like she'll come back and go, okay, yeah, child number one has improved. You know, the snot is lessening, like there's less tonsillitis, less chest infections, whatever. Child number two had this thing going on that's magically disappeared that I hadn't yeah. even talked to you about. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same. And I find mums feeling a lot better as well, you know, because they've they've eliminated gluten and or dairy. Yeah. Um, or dad yeah, stops, stops snoring or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I find exactly the same. And I think most people feel better um, off gluten and dairy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Even if you don't do it forever, sometimes it's good just to give your body a break and just clean yeah. that slate for a bit. I agree, definitely. Yeah, love it. Now, you're a bit of a legend in the kitchen and especially <laughs> at the moment because you're travelling around Australia in a caravan. What, what, <laughs> what sort of meals do you cook for your kids? What, what are the favourites in your family? Well, I will say, one. you know, I'm, I'm a bit sad to be um, – coming home after this big year long adventure i am a bit of a um a bit of a traveler at heart but one thing i'm really looking forward to is my kitchen because i have this tiny little kitchen in in our tiny little caravan um so it has been challenging this year but i've just really kept it simple which is what i do at home as well so we um i try and um get quite a bit of seafood and fish into my into my family's diet so we'll have seafood or fish at least a couple of times a week um and you know fish can be a tricky one to get into kids my kids don't always love fish um but I've found um you know a simple way of doing fish that my kids will always eat is just dusting it with a little bit of spelt flour like wholemeal spelt flour and then cooking it in um, coconut oil, like sort of shallow frying it in coconut oil, and it goes all yummy and crispy. Um, and maybe having like a homemade pesto or mayonnaise or something with it, that one always goes down well. Um, usually serve that with some um, baked sweet potato fries and some, you know, salad. So that that's always a good one. Um, my kids are, are big fans of mints, which is great. Oh, what kids are not fans of mints? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't tend to like the expensive steaks, which is quite good. So me and my husband will often have a nice, a nice grass fed steak and give the, and serve the kids mints, which they're quite happy with. <laughs> but I do make a, make quite a few meals with mints and while we've been traveling, because I can't always have, I can't always get access to grass-fed um, meat, which I'm a big fan of. Like I don't like the conventional um, supermarket meat. So what I have found is a great alternative. Alternative is kangaroo mints, which is available from anywhere. Even the most remote supermarket tends to have these bags of kangaroo mints. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And kangaroo is great because it's not farmed. They don't they don't feed kangaroos grain. You know, the kangaroos are always fed on grass and the nutrient profile of kangaroo is really good. You know, it's really high in iron and B12. Um and when you make, you know, what you'd normally make with mints out of kangaroo mints, the family doesn't usually notice. So I've um been making a kangaroo chili 
which doesn't have any spice, like not hot spice in it, but I make it with a heap of dried spices like cumin and paprika and coriander, um, heaps of veggies, mints, um, and just serve that on its own or with some, with some brown rice, a um, bit of sour cream and coriander on the top, which is really yummy. The kids always gulp that down. Um, and another favorite we've been having a lot of is baked sweet potatoes. Um, really easy. And I just make a bit of a salsa with some avocado, um, capsicum, tomato, some fresh herbs, um, you know, parsley or basil or whatever's going um, at the market, um, and maybe some chicken or maybe not. Um, and again, a bit of sour cream. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really good. And the kids love that one. Yeah. I'm totally I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and salads. We're a big, we're big fan. We have salads all the time. So a, a really a good way to get kids to eat more salads. Kids aren't usually that keen on, you know, leaves. Um, so I always put, well, I always try and put something crunchy in the salad, um, and something cream, so something crunchy like nuts and seeds, something creamy like avocado, um, and then a little bit of sweetness. So I've been, I got mangoes on special the other day, which are in season at the moment. Um, so I've got a box of mangoes. So we've been having like mango salads um, or just a few sort of um, sulfur-free sultanas or something. That They're always a hit with the kids. They make the, the salads taste better for them. I used to work at a place that had um... – chopped strawberries through their salads and it was amazing with balsamic dressing oh my god it was so good yeah yum. yeah, yeah fruit mm. fruit in salads rocks it does doesn't it and it makes kids more interested in the salad too <laughs> nice nice makes me more interested in the salad yeah, actually, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> i'm totally hungry now i know your caravan's parked not that far up the road from me so i'm gonna hunt you down and have dinner i'm, I'm coming over for dinner woman <laughs> jess you you've got a fabulous ebook online Plus, you've got a really cool six-week program. Tell me about those. So, my ebook is Energetic Mama, um, and it's really a um, a program um, or a guide for mums, which goes through all the different areas of um, of well-being for mums. So, there's a big section on nutrition. Um, it comes with a, a seven-day meal plan. Um, so, you've got you know the, the, all the recipes and things you need to give you some extra inspiration um, and then there's sections on hormone balance and digestive health and stress and anxiety um, and it's it's specific for mums so um, that's that's my ebook um, oh, and, a, and a fitness section as well my husband is a personal trainer so he's put together a little um, a little fitness um, routine for mums that they can do at home so it's like a it's like an overall program for for mums to stay healthy, and then the six week program that I have um, is Natural Super Kids, um, and that that program's opening again uh, February March this year, and it's a I guess it's a program for parents to learn how to best nourish their kids and boost their kids' health. So we cover lots of different topics: um, nutrition for kids, uh, lots of whole food recipes um, for kids. We cover strategies for fussy eaters, um, boosting and balancing the immune system, reducing chemicals and toxins um, for your kids. We talk a lot about skin health, gut health, emotional health. So 
there's lots in that program and it also comes with a Facebook group um, where you can sort of interact with other mums. I say mums because no dad has ever actually um, signed up for the program, but it's, <laughs> it is it is open to dads as well, but I'm yet to have a dad sign up. <laughs> it's like my Shiny Healthy You program. It's, um, it's you know, really for women, but I, I never said I would exclude any men who wanted to start and now I I've had two shiny, healthy misters, we call them, because we, wow. we call them shiny, healthy sisters, and we now have two shiny, healthy <laughs> misters. So, yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. I think they're amazing for being in there. So come on, blokes, join up, yeah, join up. Yeah, come on, dads. Um, <laughs> we'll make you welcome. I need to, I need to um, do some more marketing to, to dads um, <laughs> when, when, I ne- when I next launch to get, to get some more on board. It must be a bit over, like quite – overwhelming though to enter a bit a group of all these all these women when you're a man I know it would take a special kind of confident man I reckon they're out there yeah. they're out there yeah <laughs> so, um, yeah I think that's really all yeah I think I've covered everything that that's in my natural super kids program it's really my baby and it's what's going to be the focus of of my um business moving forward this year because it's just I I feel so passionate about about kids health and I think mums you know when they get um interested in their kids health and they start to improve their kids health they naturally start to improve their own health as well so it's a you know it and that's the feedback that I get from that program is that um you know by packing a a healthy lunchbox for the kids the mums are making themselves a healthy lunch and making dad a healthy lunch as well so um you know it it becomes a whole family affair yeah and it's so needed it's so needed Mm, definitely. And yesterday I just finished um, a brand new little ebook. Maybe you can put the um, the link in the show notes. That's it's just a mini little ebook um, that I'm giving away for free, and it's the eight essential whole foods for kids yep. that I recommend. And and there's little strategies on how to encourage kids to eat them as well, because that's a big part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect, perfect. And I will I will put links to everything in the show notes. Uh, but can you just let people know right now where they can find you online? Sure. Um, so Energetic Mama, which is M-A-M-A dot com, is my um, my online home, and, and you, the, all the links to my programs and my ebook, and um, I regularly blog on there. Um, so yeah, that's the best place to find me, and the links to all my social media accounts are on there as well. Beautiful. Now, finally, if you had just one piece of advice, like one giant nugget of wisdom to help another mama out there who's just starting out on this path, what would it be? Okay, one, only one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think it would be to, to start feeding your kids and yourself more real food, um, more real whole food so um rather than focusing on you know oh, I've got to cut this out and my kid really loves that and I've got to cut that out and we really love going for ice cream on the weekend but I've got to cut that out you know that it sets up that mindset for deprivation but if you focus on just getting more of that nutrient rich whole food into your diet even if it's just you know add um, a few extra veggies a day or you add you know a, a fried egg to your um to your child's toast in the morning to make it a bit more nutrient dense. So that's the, that's the one thing that I think is is a is a good area to start. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's so simple. And it cuts through the overwhelm, doesn't it? Because yeah. you can just do something straight away. Yeah, exactly. And it and it's um like I said, it's that it's that adding in mentality as opposed to like cutting out mentality. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. There's some amazing pearls of wisdom in this episode. I'm so excited to get it out there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your round Australia trip to hang out with us. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jules. It's been lots of fun. Yay. Some great tips and insights there from Jess Donovan. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're new around here, click subscribe because I've got plenty more amazing health and wellness peeps coming your way and you don't want to miss out. In the meantime, go and check out my website over at julesgalloway.com. It's chock full of health info, yummy recipes and some really cool freebies, including a free recipe book and a guide to healing adrenal fatigue. I hope you tune in again next week. In the meantime, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.